Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode number 37 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Summers. I'm not Brendan Queeley. I'll probably be much more brief than Brendan Queeley. And he's not here because he got fired. No, not actually. He, uh, pretty close. Not, not actually, but he probably has a board meeting to cover or something. Something like that. Yeah, it's fun to pretend though that the uh, the Fuhrer over the Record Eagle Player of the Year for the All Region Boys Basketball Team is the reason that Brennan is not here. But that's that's not the case. That is not the case. The voices you've already heard: James Cook and Jake Atnip uh, joining us in studio at the Record Eagle today. Uh, we have a great show lined up for you. We're going to go through. Uh, our fantasy baseball draft A uh, little bit of a twist on it We're going to do lineups and uh, Short rotation Rather than actually trying to plug Everybody into a specific position On the field We've already assigned the draft order James will go number one I will go number two And Jake will go number three And we will use a Snake draft format Drawn out of the brewer's hat. Drawn out of the brewer's hat, yeah. It was, you know, those little folded up pieces of paper were like flying out of my hat like the Goblet of Fire or something like that. Then in the bulletin board, we'll, uh, we'll touch on the Bayshore Marathon that happened over the Memorial Day weekend. Some pretty good stories out of there and obviously a ton of people in Traverse City for that event. I think there was a surplus of 7,000 runners. So, I mean, that's not counting everybody who turned out to watch the race. We'll touch on Tuesday's Record Eagle Honor Roll Meet, which featured a number of uh, fantastic performances, as well as a special uh, announcement for that event moving forward. Uh, We've got Traverse City Central, Distance Phenom, and Northwestern Bound CL Kearney in uh, for an interview that Jake and Brendan, so I guess Brendan does make a bit of an appearance uh, on this podcast. Pre-firing appearance. Uh, Yeah, pre-firing appearance uh, with CL Kearney. And then we'll get into the Get Around Hall of Fame. We'll try to give away some Beach Bums tickets, and then we'll jump into the trifecta. Let's check the heartbeat of the sports world and put our finger on the pulse. And as I mentioned before, we will be holding our inaugural fantasy prep baseball draft. Uh, we will get into our prep softball draft next week uh, as both baseball and softball teams uh, have begun, or some of them have begun, pre-district playoff play. So, you know, next week we'll be right in the thick of it, really kind of seeing who is already shaking out and, and moving forward. Uh, but that, with that said, let's go with the number one overall pick. James is on the clock. All right, so with the number one pick of the inaugural Record Eagle fantasy high school baseball fantasy draft. Actually, I think I know where it's you... Like fantasy m- twice. I think, I think I might know where you're going here with the number one pick. So since we didn't already say it, we are assuming all players are healthy at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Was I right? Is that important yeah, to yeah, preface yeah, here? Yep, that's, okay. that's definitely going to affect uh, who I who I pick here because uh, I'm going to take somebody who can pitch and hit with the number one overall pick, which is Joey Muzlakovich. Uh, I mean, just he had a home run at Comerica Park. I mean, if that doesn't get you the number one overall pick, yeah. I don't know what does. Yeah, and then last year's ERA was what one or point two. So I, think, I think I saw it was like point, oh, point 0.39. 0.39. I mean, that's that's just ridiculous. And then with that power on top of it, that's my number one pick. Yeah, of course, uh, we, we detailed Joey earlier in an episode of the podcast. He joined us here, and uh, he's, he's going to play baseball at Wayne State. They gave him the opportunity to 
play his senior year for St. Francis uh, despite uh, shoulder injury at the moment without him as their ace on the hill. That brings pick number two to me, and I'm glad I'm sitting at number two because Jake maybe would have taken this player, uh, but I'm going to go with Frankfurt catcher and All-American Brett Zimmerman, disappointed to have missed his interview in person when he joined the uh, Get Around podcast last week. But I've seen him play, and you know, offensively and defensively, he is an absolute weapon for the Panthers. Yeah, you definitely took my uh, first-round pick there, but that's okay. There's plenty of... Uh, we got back-to-back Wayne Staters. Yeah, that's what I was going to have to bring up. Exactly. That's uh, he going to, He's going down to play with his brother at Wayne State, or his brother's going to be leaving there soon. But I think Brett Zimmerman was a good pick. And they're going to be roommates, right? Muzlakovich yeah. and Zimmerman? Not yeah. only both at Wayne State, they're, and they're roommates, both, and they're really good friends. Yeah, of course, I was going to say, according to Zimmerman, they're, they're the best of friends. So with the number three pick, uh, since you guys are both going to take the my Rakers off the board, who I, who I know are going to put up some good batting numbers, I'm going to start off with a pitcher. And somebody who's been impressing me lately, I'm going to go with Drew Long from Gaylord St. Mary. He's got a 33-3 and overall record in his career, never lost a Ski Valley game. Um, he just won another game the other day. Uh, so I'll take him as an ace on the mound for my, my team at number three. So you're designating him ahead of time as one of your pitchers? Yes, I am. So I, think, I think we decided off air that we would wait until the end. It is, again, a, a complete one through nine lineup uh, in addition to a four-man rotation. Uh, but we are going to officially wait until the end of the draft to decide since a lot of these guys pitch and hit very well but you're going to go right ahead and say I mean I'm just going to use him as an ace because that that's that's my reason for picking him um he does well on the offensive side as well he's definitely a two-way weapon um nothing against his play at the plate but I think I would take him on the mound and be in the NL with a or in the AL with a DH if I had to. So I definitely would think Drew Long is going to be my number one. Um, I mean, I'll put him as my ace, but I don't have to make it official just yet. All right, so that takes us to number four. And, Jake, you get to go again thanks to this fantastic snake formula. All righty, so I'm going to take somebody a little bit off kilter, but he's definitely done a great job uh, this year with his bat. And I think, you know, I've seen some power out of him, and it's another person that – uh, I think would add to a good four spot in the lineman. We we'll go with AJ Raskowski from TC West. Um, I've seen some power out of him out of the couple games that I've uh, went out and saw him. So I'll, I'll start off the second round like that. And who's clutch when I saw him too? I mm-hmm. mean that uh, bases loaded triple against Stony Creek for uh, that that set up a like, walk off win. Yeah, I think picking Raskowski here at number four. I think you just have to look at West where they are at this point in the season and what they've accomplished the last couple of years. I mean, they've done a pretty remarkable job at reloading and, you know, bringing in that next wave of talent to continue uh, the success that they're having. I, I don't, I guess I wouldn't fathom a guess yet at this point as to far, how far they'll make it into the postseason, but I think they're a dangerous team regardless of who they play. When you look at the hitters that they bring up to the plate and you know the guys that they that they can throw at you from the mound. Mm-hmm. I think they're definitely a very dangerous team in the in the districts. I mean, you know, they've got a they're gonna have to get past Alpina and Central in districts as usual. And I think they play Marquette first, but you know, look at the winner of that Alpina Marquette or Central game, and a couple of years ago Central got them. Well, I mean, with the way that Central and West went back and forth this year, it's going to be a toss-up. But West has got some pretty good guys on that team that I'm sure will get picked in the rest of the way of this draft. Oh, yeah. 
so maybe that, right here. <laughs> maybe it's very possible. So that that brings me up at number five, and I feel like I'm kind of in a really tough spot here because of who is still on the board, and uh, you know what you guys are going to do in the next couple of picks following me. Um, there's more than two or three guys that I'd like to take in this spot. Uh, I've already got Zimmerman. I know we're not playing positions, but definitely the best catcher. Um, I could go for a pitcher right away, or I could go uh, for some more offense. Damn. You're gritting your teeth, man. I am. Over this pick. I am. But I think think I'm going to go with the uh, reigning Big North Conference Player of the Year and uh, Michigan football and baseball bound Ryan Hayes. And... uh, I, I think I, I can pretty safely say that he will definitely be among my rotation four. But, yeah, that, that's that's what I'll go with at number five. You know, in my time covering West, I've only seen him play third base, so I haven't seen him on the mound. So, you know, that'd be, that'd be a different story if I was to choose him. James with number six. All right, I got six, I got six and seven, right? Oh, yeah. You do have <clears> six <throat> and seven. Ooh, I got, there's some choices here, man. There really are. Wow. Um, all right, I'm going to go with, uh, well, the first pick I think is an easy one because I need a hitter because I can take a picture of the first pick with uh, Muzlakovic. So I'm going to go with Mike Larrisey from Traverse City West. Um, he's just been raking this season, and uh, I think he's been their, probably their most consistent hitter. Ruskowski's come up big for them a lot, but I think Larrisey's just been the, their most consistent guy all season. He was very near the top of my board, so. Yeah, that's, 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 uh, three, that's three TC that's West a, players in a row. It is. It three Titans in a row, and again, just speaking to the wealth of talent that they've, that they've got, James wants more. I'm going again. Okay. Uh, you know, so it's like Muzlakovic to be in a hitter. I could take a pitcher right here, so I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Casey Peterson from Traverse City, St. Francis. And Jake just gave me a dirty look. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the best looks on draft day, the dirty ones. All right, so that brings me back up at number eight. And I'll be honest, I'm pretty damn surprised that this guy's still sitting here at number eight. I really considered taking him with, was that, number five. But I'm going to grab one of Zimmerman's teammates from Frankfurt and snag Griffin Kelly, who's just been mashing at the plate all season long you know i did kind of a brief run through of all our past prep roundups and things like that just to make sure i kind of had a a semblance of order to my draft board and you know he was right up at the top as far as how many standout games he's had this season so i'm pretty darn pleased to have him at number eight so with number nine first half of my back-to-backers you know, I keep getting stuck in this little pitcher phase because I feel like the wealth of hitters is a little bit bigger than the wealth of pitchers uh, in the area this year. And there's a couple guys out here who are really starting to pique my interest. So just out of good fun, I actually, you know, as well as Drew Long has done, um, his younger and other teammate, Drew Koenig, is also a pitcher and a fielder, but he has a 9-1 record this year. Didn't lose his Key Valley game uh, once again, and just like his, his teammate, Drew Long, and I'm going to take those back-to-back pitchers because they led Gaylord St. Mary to, I think it was a 25-4 and record for the year, and, you know, I, I wouldn't pass that up if I had to. And then uh, on our number 10 pick, there's somebody who... 
we talked about a long time ago, and I really didn't get a chance to see him play, but uh, his name really rung in my head because of our little uh, replacement show, and he has been raking uh, for T.C. Christian. I'm going to take Jake Bardenhagen. So that'll be another, uh, another powerful bat in my lineup. He's a pretty good pitcher, too. He is a pretty good pitcher. He's thrown at least one no-hitter this season. That, uh, you know, if you're not being a whole lot of some of the smaller schools, that, that's a name that, you, that may not jump to the forefront of your mind as far as quality baseball players in the area, but uh, Barton Hagen is certainly one of them. So that brings me back up at number 11. I have not taken a pitcher yet at this point. I might want to do that. Sooner or later. I've already swiped up the majority of them. You going to go back to the Frankfurt well? I might. I very well might. Then it's a question of well, which one. Right, exactly. There's two good ones there. But I, I think I am going to snag up uh, an elite pitcher before they are all gone, and I will grab Frankfurt hurler Jack Morrow. Um, I'm not sure what his record sits at this year. I know it's pretty darn good. Uh, last year he was 10-0 and with a sub-1 ERA. I'm going to go with officially his record is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. So James at number 12. All right, so we got to draft four pitchers, right? We do have to draft four. We have to draft four pitchers, okay. Oh, and why did I say I hadn't drafted a pitcher? How could I forget about Ryan Hayes already? So yeah, got, no, you I've already got, brought him up. I've got, I've got two of my four. You got two pitchers. So I'm, I'm doing well. Okay. Yeah, you're doing all right. I feel better. I only have one pitcher, unless I move Mazakovich over to pitcher. But I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with a pitcher here. Um, somebody who hasn't been brought up yet, but and another small school guy. I'm gonna go with Brethren's Jake Riggs. Yeah. <sighs> He has been yeah. striking out people at but a ridiculous rate this season. His average also has, has to be yeah. r- absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from from Brethren, he um, he's had so many games. It's been phenomenal. He's, yeah, he struck out like 13, 14 guys in a game, and of only facing like sixteen guys in a game. His rate of Striking batters out, the percentage of batters he strikes out is just ridiculous. I yeah, since this is high school, I, I'd li- I'd like to see his case per seven um, because it would be. I bet it's at least. I bet it's double digits. I bet oh. he's at least ten Ks per seven. I think it's got to be right there. Yeah. That was your first of two, right? My first of two. So, hmm, I need to start thinking about lucky number thirteen hitter. here, James. I need to start thinking about another hitter. So I'm, I'm gonna go. We haven't had anybody taken from TC Central yet. We have not. Well, that's going to change right now because I'm going to take Matt Carrado from TC Central to get myself a a bat, a third baseman in the middle of the lineup. My board is wearing thin here pretty quickly. Mine as well. And just to remind people, we are doing a positionless lineup. So it's yes. not like you have to draft a first baseman, second baseman. We're just drafting nine hitters. Nine hitters, and then we will draft... So you could have all four catchers. rotation. You could, you have, could all have all catchers. catchers. If you to. And actually, you could put together a pretty decent lineup of catchers from from our area. area. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the, I mean, the top two or three, especially, would be would all be fantastic picks. Mm-hmm. So I'm up at number fourteen again, and I feel like you know I could really just start stockpiling here between Panthers and Titans, West <laughs> and Frankfurt, but. I might. I'm a little torn on this pick because part of me, and I'm not really sure why, 
feels like maybe I'm picking him a bit too early. But when I was going through stuff, I mean, I knew he was having a good year. But when I was going through stuff, I think he's having an even better season than we've given him credit for, especially because you probably think of this person as a baseball player last among the three sports that he plays. So that said, I'm going to take Glenn Lake's Cade Peterson at number 14. You're going to bring up the uh, player of the year again? Yeah. We got three sports. We got to bring that for, for like three or four episodes in a row. I mean, I, I think we uh, I think we kicked that horse uh, yeah, long enough. But again, as I was saying, you know, going through and – and looking at a you know a cumulative hole for a lot of these players and how they're playing this season. I mean, I know we've talked about Peterson being one of the front runners for our male athlete of the year upon the completion of the uh, academic calendar. But going through and looking at these again, I feel like it, I mean he's cemented even more into that spot than you know maybe we were originally thinking. I mean, I know he was he was there. He was among the handful of ideas, but I feel like the, the season he's having uh, on the baseball field this year, is it's, it's been pretty phenomenal. So Jake at number 15 and 16. All righty, so at number 15, I'm going to take it back. You did mention that we didn't take him in from TC Central, and I was going to with my pick here, and I'm glad you did not take him because he has been one of the more consistent uh, hitters, runners for the Trojans, and I'm going to take Luke Linder. From the Trojan. And then with number 16, uh, coming right back, somebody else who can't believe hasn't been taken yet. He is a pitcher, but more of just a closer. And from what I've seen out of him and his late inning work, I would love to have him on one of my teams. I'm going to take Keaton Peck from Traverse City, St. Francis. Really good two-way player, both yeah. pitching and hitting. Yeah, yeah that's a... That's a definitely a solid pick. And a very good defensive shortstop as well. Exactly. That's, that's if we're I mean. taking defensive. But I, I, I'm thinking about, I, I, was, I keep him as my defender because I know he's a really good shortstop, but that's what I mean. His pitching is in limited times. So most of the time he does, he comes in relief and he shuts kids down. So I'll definitely take um, a Keaton Peck. You know, that's a, I feel like in high school baseball that, that, that reliever, that shutdown closer type guy is maybe a little bit overlooked just because, you know, with the shortened game, you, you have so many guys going the full six or seven innings pretty frequently. Um, but they definitely deserve some respect because there are, there are a few guys in the area, um, you know, for their various teams like Peck that, you know, that play an incredibly invaluable role for the success uh, that their programs are having. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of high schools that don't have – not even just the, the arm power, but just enough pitches to go around for their kids where they have somebody who can just come in and throw 15 or 20 pitches a game and somebody who's good enough to limit his pitches to only 20 pitches a game so he can come in twice or three times a week and never go over a pitch count in a certain number of days. Yeah, I think you're going to see it more and more as the years go along with the pitch count. I think that's going to encourage teams more and more to, to not have a guy go the full seven innings and throw 100, over 100 pitches so that now you have to set him for three days. And that only that only does well, I think, for the players in the area to, you know, or even just in the state of Michigan, just to boost them to another level of baseball because that's how they do in college. That's how they do in the pros. You're going to have middle relief men. You're going to have closers. You're going to have guys who are coming in for three batters, and that's it. So I think it's good to get those type of situational experiences for guys. Number 17, I've got two pitchers, so I, I feel pretty good uh, about my standing with my rotation at the moment. And there are still a number of talented players uh, available. Um, if I'm going to stick true to my board, however, 
I am going to go back to the Titan well and snap up Sam DeKuyper, who does uh, he he does pitch a little bit. We'll see where my rotation sits, but you know, right now I'm kind of thinking of him more as a hitter. He's had a lot of big games for West so far this year, and. Uh, that's that's who I'm gonna take right now. When you said you were going to the West Well again, I was a little worried because I had a guy kind of picked out for here. But uh, with, with these two picks back to back, I'm going to I'm gonna go with some pitching here. I'm gonna go with Kirk Myers, Frankfurt. Probably one of the best remaining pitchers on the board. I, I think so. If not the best. I think so, and I think a pretty good value here. I, um, you know, I had him and Morrow kind of rated almost the same, and. And then, uh, and then my second one will be Brendan Pierce from Traverse City West. He's a good, uh, a good hitter, and also a pretty good, uh, pretty good guy to have at the back of your rotation if you're going to have a rotation. And right back with me at number twenty. All right, I am going to jump back into the pitching well. Uh, I feel like it's a little early, maybe, to you know grab my third, just twenty picks into this draft. But I like this guy. I've seen him play a lot, and really, a lot's been expected of him. Uh, the expectations have mounted uh, probably quicker than he was anticipating uh, because of the injury to St. Francis's Joey Muzlakovich. I'm going to take Colin Endress at this spot. You know, he's a, a young guy, a sophomore, I believe, for the Gladiators, and he has performed really well. And St. Francis is going to need him down the stretch in in the postseason. Jake on the board for two. All righty, so. I definitely have a very good pitching core going on here. I'm very pleased. But there's still more people that I like who are good both or fielding, pitching, and batting. Somebody who I don't know if you guys really noticed as much as I have this year, but I got Mr. Joe Lewis from Kingsley. He does a little pitching. He does, you know, he's been very, very consistent for them all year. Kingsley's had about a right around 500 season, but he's been he's been showing out the majority of the season. So I'll take Joe Lewis with that pick right there. That was pick number 21 for those scoring at home. You've got one more. One more. Here we go. Number 22. Somebody else who I think that we've kind of left off the list, but he's a power hitter. He, he, whenever I put him in our uh, prep roundup, he's always getting extra base hits, a couple RBIs, and it's uh, Nate Schmuckle. So I think that's a, a pretty good value down at 22. So I'll take Schmuckle. I agree. He, he was definitely on my board. I was kind of hoping he'd last a couple of more picks, but uh, you got yourself a quality player there, Jake. Shrewd observations you've made. Good, <laughs> sir. All right, at number 23, I am going to join Jake among those who have a snowbird on their roster. And I'm going to take Quinn Schultz, who has been having a ridiculous season. I'd expect Gaylord St. Mary to make another deep run in the Division Four playoffs, and uh, his bat is certainly going to be one of the reasons why. And that brings us to James. All right. I think my, my, my pitching staff is, I think, fairly complete with Casey Peterson, Jake Riggs, Kirk Myers, and Brendan Pierce. Or Joey Mislakovich, if I want to sub one of those guys out. So, so I'm going to go for some pit, some uh, some hitters here. I need a leadoff guy, so I am going to go with Danny Passano and have him uh, leading off my lineup here. This guy that gets on base a lot, swipe a bag, do all those things you need to have in front of the, uh, the big hitters that we've got on this team so far. This is going to be I think I think this is going to be my number two hitter. When you said you were taking him away from Kingsley, 
Don't, I was, I was, don't do I was it, James. Worried. I was worried that this was going to be who it was. This is going to be number, don't do my it, number James. two hitter. Uh, I should have taken, taken him. I was hoping that everybody was going to forget about him. My, my second catcher, Alex Parker. I just did a story on him last night. Uh, yeah, I did a recruiting story on him. He's got good speed for a catcher, too. I mean, he swipes bags and everything. I mean, he he's a, like a perfect number two hitter at this level. So uh, uh, that's where I'm going to go. All right, at number 26, I'm going to go back to my crude scouting report. My bag of tricks over here and go with my top-rated remaining player. And again, I say this is crude. Obviously, I'd like to have a little bit more of a complete scouting report, you know, some more concrete numbers to fill in. But uh, we'll get those with when we, when we uh, hand out the Dream Team selections. And I'll be really curious once that team gets put together how it lines up with our draft. But as far as this rendition goes... I've got, and I believe our first, correct me if I'm wrong, this is our first Kalkaska Blazer in this draft. Yes, yes. Okay. And uh, I'm going to take... Sure I know who it is. I'm going to take Nolan Mitchell. Yeah, I, that's not who you were thinking. Uh, I, he's on my list, too. He's um, on my list, too, but now that, I that, thought you were going to go for another pitcher. I thought about it. Now, Mitchell, he, he's a guy that uh, he definitely has the speed. He could he could be a leadoff guy for me. He's got he, extra base power, too. Yeah, he's he's had a really a really good season for Kalkaska so far. And so that brings up Jake at 27 and 28. You know, I'm going to fill out another guy from Kingsley that gets on base a lot. <laughs> Somebody who I get a little – I get a lot of stats from. Uh, he's always on base. Like you said, he's swiping bags. He's getting singles, doubles, whatever he's got to do. I'm going to take Devin Hager. From Kingsley. You know, Kingsley has a pretty good pool of talent there at the top of their team. That actually, that that wasn't the name I thought you were going to pick. I think there's one more guy yeah. from, from the Stags here that's that's pretty deserving of a selection. So I got one more, right? You have one more at 28. The moment you say his name, it's probably going to be terrible for me because I just forgot about him. But uh, The other Stag? Yeah. Okay. I can't think of it right now. It's fine by me. All yeah, right. You're on the clock, Jake. <laughs> I know I'm on Time's the clock. Time's ticking. Maybe I'll trade you. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll let you trade me one of your later picks, and I'll tell you the name of the, uh, <laughs> the kid. Ooh. If you need another pitcher, especially. I don't need another pitcher. Not at all. You know what? Just because. You, you took you took a Kalkaska Blazer, didn't you? I did. You mm-hmm. took Mitchell? Mm-hmm. I did. I'm going to take. There's a couple more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take uh, one of my personal favorite names out of our area as well because he has done pretty well. We're getting a little far down in this draft, and I definitely would like to have him on my team. Uh, Hunter Buckwheat. He's throwing a no-hitter? Yes. And he does. He has one of the best names. Yes. So I, I feel like it would add a little bit of character to the Atnip squad, and like you said, he has that no-hitter this year, so I'm, I'm, I'm down for Buckwheat, so that will be my next one. I think at some point this summer we have to do an all-name team. That has to be one of the... Uh, be fun. The... Episodes that we yeah, in case everybody time. didn't know, we see some of the wildest names and craziest names you'll ever see. Um, with the breadth of names that we do see, thousands and thousands of kids, you wouldn't believe the combinations. <laughs> combinations, spellings. I, I, you, would, you could write a dictionary full of names, literally. And there'd be pages of the same name spelled 17 different ways. All right, well, we are in the final third of this inaugural prep baseball fantasy draft. And I'm up at number 29. You have multiple cheat sheets? I have multiple cheat sheets, and apparently it does not help me with my 29th pick because in the mass confusion that is my draft board, the player I was going to take at number 29 apparently left, like, a long time ago. Oh, yeah, no, he was at, like, number 7. So, you know, in our football league drafts, when we uh, 
the penalty for taking somebody who was already taken. Before we did online drafts, and it, you couldn't do it. That's was, right, everybody. James Cook was playing fantasy baseball draft out of catalogs in his dorm room. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, even just like five, six years ago, we used to do our, our draft just in person. We That's did, true. We didn't do it online. I did join you for one of those. We just did it in person. And our, our punishment for that is if you took somebody who had already been drafted, you had to either take a bite of, I think it was called Chernobyl beef jerky, Mm. Or do a shot is your so choice. So it depended if you wanted to get hammered or if you liked spicy food. Yeah. All right. I'll take the shot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, at, at number 29, I'm going to take a pretty good quality defensive infielder, but a kid who stacks up pretty well at the plate as well. I'm going to go with Onekama's Jacob Montler. Jake at number 30 and 31. Somebody else who I actually can't believe is still on this list now that I was just looking around. He's a, he, he does pitch, but it's not all the time. I do see him do quite a bit of work from the plate, and it's Nick Epsey. We'll take, we'll take Drew. I know, we'll take Drew Peterson. The Peterson brothers from Glen Lake have been snatched up. Uh, number 32, I still need a bit of a pitcher, and we probably need to pick up the pace on this podcast a little bit. <laughs> so maybe we'll um, slow down or not slow. Well, we don't want to slow down. No, we'll no, no. Let's, no. Uh, yeah, we'll speed up and give a little bit of less of an explanation for our picks. Um, at number 32, I will complete my pitching staff and take St. Francis's Josh Bradfield. And James? I, I, thought, I, I, I thought you were going to take somebody totally different than that. <laughs> who do you got? I, it wasn't necessarily who I, my pitching staff is taken. It's, it's full. So Oh, yeah. I, uh, so I thought you were going to go with Hayden Zimmerman and have the, the Zimmerman-Zimmerman combo. I thought about it. Yeah, my, my pitching staff is complete, so you know I'll throw out there to you guys that Hayden Zimmerman is still out there and probably one of the best pitchers on the board. But uh, I am going to go with... Tom Ross from Benzie Central. Good pick. Good pick at number just, just 30. Kind of an 33. elite athlete for around the area. Good good batting average. Uh, some power, speed. He pitches too. So I mean yeah. you don't have to add him to your pitching your pitching staff, but he pitches. Oh, and then uh, and then I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go back to Traverse City Central. I'm gonna take Benzie Central and then Traverse City Central. And get myself another pretty good hitter in Sam Briggs. <sighs> All right, so number 35, one of my final two picks. And I'm going to stick with my board here. Pick this player uh, because I sort of alluded to him earlier and then uh, didn't end up picking him, and he hasn't gone yet. That that final stag that we were shadowboxing with, and that would be Juan Gonzalez, who's having a fantastic season for them. He's, I mean, pretty much good for multiple hits almost every every single night. That is true. That is definitely Now, for number 36, I have... I don't think we've actually taken any of the Blue Devils uh, out of Gaylord, but I'm going to take... He, he's a pitcher, but once again, this is another guy who plays other positions uh, with Charlie May. I can't believe that he fell all the way down here. I'm pretty sure... Yeah, he, he was second team for you guys last year, and he's done a hell of a job for them this year. It's not that they've had the greatest season that they could have, but I think he's done a pretty damn good job. So, Yeah, well, they played spoilers in the Big North Conference. Um, with that split against West, um, he's also one of the probably one of the better defensive center fielders around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then with my next pick, and this should be my final pick, I believe, I'm going to go out and bolster my team with 
some with the pan with a panther. I don't have anybody from Frankfurt on my team yet, and I'm gonna go ahead and take uh, Matt Stefanski. You're now part of Team Adnip, so welcome. <laughs> I'm so torn at this point for my final pick of the day at number 38 because I have a number of guys. Again, my grading system for this draft is pretty crude. But I have a number of guys rated similarly. So since I don't get to pick again. I'm just going to lay it out, and then James can take one of them with his final two picks, or, you know, they'll be great undrafted free agent additions to, <laughs> to whichever team is lucky enough to have them. But So I, I'm torn between St. Francis's Cooper Peterson, Central's, TC Central's, Sam Schmidt, and another snowbird from Gaylord St. Mary in Brady Hunter. I, th- I think Cooper Peterson's who I'm going to go with here, and I'm going to grab my second gladiator actually third gladiator uh, after Bradfield just a couple of picks ago and take Cooper Peterson. James, you have the final two selections. This draft will be concluded. All right. I, I, I need two hitters. So take. I'm going to go back to Gaylord and take the big guy at first base there with uh, Jordan Kapinski. Uh, you know, a big six-foot-seven first baseman. <laughs> I mean, Is he really that big? He is a big guy. Yeah, yeah. he's our starting center in basketball. You know, he's going on to play college basketball and uh, or college baseball as well. Um, and uh, I just think it's a pretty decent value here. And then I think I'm going to go with with one of those, which is uh, Thomas Petnato. Yeah. Pet- there were, I mean, there were a number of guys all there that would have been good choices. You had Petnato, Marty McDonald, Sam Schmidt, Ben McCrary, you know, all, all solid ball players that, you know, probably would have fit this spot pretty well. This way I get the Corrado Petnato. Mm, nice rhyme there. So, you know, have them bat back to back, mess up the PA announcer. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that concludes the inaugural prep fantasy baseball draft, uh, 2018 edition. Like I said, I'll be really curious to see how our all region teams uh, stack up to these. A uh, little bit of a more quick fire draft process than you know the advanced metrics that we go through in choosing our dream team and all you know the rest of our all-region selections well all these players that have been selected and certainly a number of those who weren't uh, have had games to pin up on the bulletin board and that will take us nicely into our bulletin board segment you know we had the Bayshore Marathon here in Traverse City over the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, that was on Saturday. As I mentioned earlier, I think in surplus of 7,000 runners, in addition to all those coming to watch, to cheer on family. But there were a few stories from the weekend, aside from who won the various races, 10K, half, and full marathons, that really stood out. And one, Jake and I, in attendance of the races on Saturday. And one of the ones that I heard about, unfortunately, did not have the, the this guy's name, but was informed of him uh, by one of the race organizers. He ran all the way from Midland to Traverse City, which is about a hundred miles, the day before or th- and or through the night uh, before the race. Got in TC just in time to pick up his race packet. Took a little bit of a nap, had a little something to eat, and then ran the full marathon on top of that, which. My question is, how did he get back to Midland? Because if he ran 100 miles back to Midland, whew. Well, I hope not. He had, <laughs> he, had to have, he had to have a friend that was willing to give him a ride because that is just an insane. I mean, we were, 
we're standing there at the finish line, you know, only 30 minutes in. It's about 8 o'clock. The, the heat still hasn't set in yet, and we're looking at each other going, like, God, these 10K runners are insane. Yeah. I don't know what that classifies this guy as, but... Um, I mean, the real classification would be an ultra marathoner. We'll give him a we'll give him an actual title before I think say that I think you're absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, and there are, I mean, there aren't a whole lot of those, and even a lot of the ultra marathons aren't that long. No, I mean, yeah, I know I know there are some, but man, that, and then just I mean, to do it by yourself, you. You know, at least the ultra marathoners, they've got the competition. You Somebody know? to push them, push them, and keep them going. I don't know. That's uh, he was just running to go run somewhere. What's the first Forrest Gump? We can just call him Forrest Gump. <laughs> what was the first thing that popped into your head when you heard that story, James? Uh, the word that you used was insane. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know why you would <laughs> want to do that. I, I haven't verified this on the interweb yet, uh, but I was told that his website is stupidideas.com. I don't, did, that, that's not right. That's I, not right? No, I okay. looked up www.stupidideas.com, and the domain name is for sale, so if anybody wants that, anybody should hop on it. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that may have just been a joke uh, from that race organizer. After I think she, that was a pretty good one. she informed me about, about his undertaking. But, uh, yeah, uh, an- another story that really stood out, a uh, really heartwarming story, uh, was a, a pair of military service vets um, who decided that in an effort to raise awareness uh, and what turned out to be a pretty significant amount of money for veteran suicide awareness, uh, Tim Fair and Nick Canowin, I uh, hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, I spoke to both of them uh, Friday night before the race. Uh, they're from the Beale City area, uh, but they decided to uh, raise aware- awareness and funds, as I said, uh, for this effort. They donned rucksacks for the entire duration of the Bayshore Marathon. Uh, they did have it arranged ahead of time that they were able to start early about, uh, well, so Mission 22 is the organization that they were uh, raising the money for, and uh, so they started at 5.22 a.m. the morning of the race and didn't finish until Saturday afternoon. Uh, obviously, they were going at a pretty conservative pace uh, with that much weight on their backs, and then... I mean, you're talking about the incredible heat that the, especially the half and full marathon runners uh, had to endure on Saturday. But uh, they, you know, they raised in in excess of ten thousand uh, dollars for that campaign, and it was just a, a pretty cool thing to learn about and get a chance to talk to those guys. And I'm not going to call that crazy, like the guy that ran 120 miles, just because of the message and the the meaning behind it. But I mean, these guys clearly had a mission, and oh yeah, and they and went out and accomplished it. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing is, is you, a lot of times, I mean, they do do training and such. In the military, I know it's been a while for those guys. I think I, I know they're both in their 30s, you know, so it's been a little while since they're out there. But that's the cool thing is, you know, they undertook it together where they would don these rucksacks and go train in rucksacks together. And I, I remember you were telling me that they made it up to like 15 or 16 miles, but they didn't even know if they're going to be able to make the whole marathon. They never had a chance to run 26 miles together in rucksacks. And they said, as long as I got him by my side and all these people behind me, we'll be able to do it. So, you know, as opposed to running 100 miles on your own and then having an entire, you know, group of people behind you for a certain cause, I could definitely see why you would do something like that. Yeah, those things are 40 pounds a piece. I was carrying my daughter around on my shoulders this weekend. She weighs about 30, and I had her on my back for like five minutes, and I was like, holy crap. These guys ran with that on their back for seven hours. Uh, and, and that kind of this brings us to kind of our last talking point on the Bayshore. Just, I mean, the heat. It was extremely humid. You know, by late morning, 
uh, even by earlier early yeah. morning it was yeah, early it, morning you know, it was heating time. up and it the heat was certainly a factor you know I had uh, I was told that over 30 IVs were administered including the full marathon runner who just absolutely collapsed at the finish line the winner the winner yeah, yeah. and uh, it was I mean it's kind of scary to see the shape that some of these people were walking off in but and they well and they I popped mean, that needle in and give them a little uh, saline, yeah, and and they bounce right back. So you know, fortunately, it didn't sound like anything uh, serious. Serious happened. serious no. happened on Saturday, so that was great for everybody. Yeah, like like you said, every runner that I talked to once they came off the course had something to say about the the weather and how hot and how humid it was. And a couple of them liked it. A couple of them were like, it really, it almost made me want to run harder to get out of the heat. But Sarah Casby and Larson. The lady who won the uh, full marathon for the women's, she told me that she was scared to even start the race because of the heat, and she knew how hot it was going to be. And, you know, all these people, especially in the northern Michigan area, have been training in 40-degree weather for over the last couple months, and this is a lot of people's first marathon of the year. So a lot of people were scared for it, but I'm glad nothing, you know, really bad came of it, and everybody still went out and had a good time because everybody who came out there and told everybody who I talked to told me that, you know, the course up on Old Mission is just absolutely gorgeous, and that's one of the reasons why everybody comes back no matter the weather or whatever. Gorgeous enough for you to run 26.2 miles, Jake Atnip? No, I don't think so personally. I don't know if there's anything uh, gorgeous enough. Maybe like a big green stack of Benjamins that was way bigger than How a big of a dollars. stack? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in the trifecta. I'll let you know here in a little while. Alright, fair enough. James, have you ever thought about running a marathon? Nope. That was a quick answer. Nope. I like it. We'll Keeping move, it brief, move on. We'll move on to the uh, another set of running events and not discounting the field events, uh, but the Record Eagle Honor Roll Meet was Tuesday at Traverse City Central High School, the 44th rendition of that event. And phenomenal performances, several of which included Traverse City Central's Cassidy Henshaw, Traverse City West's Eric Labonte and Hannah Smith, and Kingsley's Brittany Bowman. Uh, Bowman won four events, both hurdling events, the long jump, and in one of the relays, uh, Hannah Smith, for the first time, outstanding freshman for the Titans. She broke the five-minute barrier in the 1600, ran a 457.68 maybe. I should have written these things down, but hey, I'm a rookie to this podcast hosting business, so I'll get it ironed out. Eric Labonte broke the record, the meet record, in the 200-meter dash and tied the meet record in the 100-meter dash. Uh, 10.84 in the 100 tied Jason Stewart of Sutton's Bay, a 15-year-old record from 2003, and he broke Stewart's record from the same year in the 200 with a 21.99. I think he beat that record by two-tenths of a second. And Cassidy Henshaw uh, won three events. He won the high jump, missed the meet record by a half an inch, but he did set a PR at six feet eight and one half inches wow that's crazy to say out loud he won the long jump and he won the 110 meter high hurdles james you were there for a little while i know you only caught a couple of the events but what what stood out to you there uh, among those four or well, maybe I mean, someone else well i mean in the hundred i mean it wasn't even close i mean Levante no it just, was not Levante just blew the blew the field away i mean and that gives him four meet records now he has four of the 14 Records for the record eagle honor roll meet now because he's on two of the relays that West set the records for last year, uh, so that's that's just kind of crazy. Um, and then uh, the fact that Cassidy Henshaw didn't even start jumping until six feet 
you know, yeah. the qualifying was just... <laughs> yeah, so many of the early, the uh, the entries to that event, I believe they started at 5-6, and, you know, I was kind of, because wa- I wanted to see Cassidy jump, I hadn't seen him jump this year, and I'm watching, and I'm not really seeing him hanging out uh, over there in line with the other jumpers, and I'm like, is he, I mean, maybe he scratched today, was state finals or Saturday, so it'd be understandable for an athlete not to, you know, participate in as many events or an event at all if they're trying to heal up an injury. Uh, but he was just he was just waiting for the bar to hit six feet before he tried his first attempt. Just, uh, just so, his time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to waste my energy at 5'10". You know, and Smith, what really impressed me about her run, you know, running that sub-five-minute mile, was the fact that C.L. Carney, her biggest competition, did not run that race. And Smith was out in front all by herself the whole time. And so to be able to push yourself like that without the competition uh, to fight against is a testament to the the work that she's put in. And, and like I said, that's the first time she's broken that five-minute time yeah, and in she- a meet. And Bowman, like I mentioned, winning four events, uh, it was kind of funny talking to her. She, you know, she said she had been a, in a slump in the long jump, and then she went and PR'd by seven inches and pretty well dominated the field in that event. But uh, she's only a sophomore, and we've talked about it so many times in basketball and in volleyball about the ridiculous level of explosion that she has for such a small athlete. You know, you look at hurdlers and a lot of jumpers, they're long, tall, and she's neither of those things, yet she is extremely talented. There was one other aspect of the honor roll meet uh, that we wanted to mention, and that was the fact that starting Tuesday and going forward, the meet will now be referred to as the Record Eagle John Lober honor roll meet. And John had no idea this was coming, which, you know, made the presentation all the better. Uh, John Sonneman did a great job on the PA, and Lober, he certainly looked a bit surprised. Um, His brother Bob really kind of helped make sure he had some family and and everybody lined up there. And, And James, you put in a lot of work sort of, I guess, passing the baton and making sure this thing was all legal and, and good to go. Well, yeah, I mean, Bob just contacted me and asked if it was okay. And I was like, well, yeah, well, absolutely. Um, you know, I had to run it by Nate and, uh, and make sure that it was okay. And, and, you know, Nate didn't have any problem with it at all. Um, you know, I mean, it was weird that uh, Bob originally wanted to have the track named after uh, John, and he approached TCAPS about that, and apparently TCAPS has a policy that they don't name things after people who are still living. <laughs> so they couldn't do that. So the, a little bit of an so, interesting policy, so, so, perhaps. Yeah, yes. But. So the so then they moved. So then we went to the track meet. Um, you know, and we had a whole bunch of the the old Record Eagle sports writers um, that had been there for a long time. You know, in previous and and been there during. John's ten, long tenure. 46 <laughs> years, and, and, the, and the meet's been going for 44, and he's been involved with each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it was interesting. When we were standing there during the presentation, John was standing a few feet away, and John Sonneman was listing off some of his accomplishments. And you could see John Lewis was almost kind of impatient, 
kind of like, we need to get this track meet back on schedule. He wasn't quite comprehending why they were going over all this quite yet. Yeah, and he was kind of, like, there was a couple of times where John Sonneman stopped for just a second and, and paused, and Lober thought it was over, and then he started listing more accomplishments. And then that It was a long list. It was a long list. I mean, because, I mean, there's a ton of them. And this happened like twice during the during the list where Lober thought they were done and then they started listing more and Lober was kind of like, oh. <laughs> but I mean that just that that kind of speaks volumes by itself. And then yeah, he was he got uh, yeah I think he got a little bit emotional there towards the end too when they when they first said that that they were going to actually rename the the meet and you know he like audibly said you're kidding you're kidding no (laughs) and he's not a guy who's at a loss for words very often no not really i mean this is the guy who calls more than once during a track meet (laughs) and we appreciate it john if you're listening yeah yeah no i mean it's cool no other coach does that i mean how how dedicated is that that he you know you're five six meet you know events through a a meet and he calls you to let you know that so-and-so has won this event and so-and-so has won this event, you know, because he wants these kids to get the recognition and everything. That'll take us into our guest interview this week. It's with uh, another standout performer from the honor roll meet, Traverse City Central Distance Phenom, C.L. Carney. Uh, She dropped by the Record Eagle studio to speak with Brendan Queeley and Jake Atnip, and we'll listen to that interview. Pleasure now to welcome in Traverse City Stars, Traverse City Central star runner CL Kearney, which uh, so I'll ask you right now how many people pronounce it Kearney. Do they pronounce it Kearney right away? No, a lot of people are they they say Kearney, and then they also will get my first name wrong, and so it'll be like Seely Kearney, <laughs> or like sometimes sometimes they put an A at the end, so it's like Ciela. I don't know. So those are basically <laughs> teachers who aren't paying attention? Is it, is it often when you're in a new class for the first time, when they're taking attendance or something like that? Yeah, or, or like substitute teachers. Um, Do you ever like, just go, yeah, that's my name, it's fine? It, yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm just like, okay. I'm sure there's a lot of opposing track coaches and stuff who say the wrong thing as well, when they're like, oh, we're looking out for this girl. Like, no. <laughs> or like announcers. Like, yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. Who, who, who just won the 1600? I don't yeah. know who that girl is. No, yeah. exactly. I know that we pronounced it, we mispronounced it here <laughs> for, well, I think we asked James, and probably since your freshman year, since we just learned about it this year, and but we've been mispronouncing several athletes' names. The nice thing about that is that we write it and don't have to worry about actually pronouncing <laughs> yeah, it. Whatever, so, wait, yeah, whatever we think of it in our head, it's just like, oh, that works. Yeah, that works. We, don't, we don't have to worry about that unless, you know, you're on TV. You were actually on, what, Sports Corner uh, last week with uh, Harrison Beebe. He has to, he's a good friend of ours, so he also has to get his weekly shout-out on the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> it never fails. No, it never does. I usually plan for it, and this week I knew I had to get it out of the way. So it was you and Hannah Smith. Yes. And uh, do you know Hannah very well? Uh, she is a, kind of a freshman phenom right now. Yeah, I don't know her too well. Um, actually, I think the news story that we did was the first time that I ever talked to her. Really? Yeah. Um, but she's she seems like a nice girl. So. Did she kind of pick your brain or anything like that? Say, you know, what was what was your four year career like, or did you not really because you're from opposing and rival <laughs> schools, you were like, shut up, Hannah, don't talk to me. No, she never really asked, okay. but, I mean... 
don't know. <laughs> well, you're coming up state finals on Saturday, June 2nd. You'll be running in the 1600 and the 3200 after qualifying. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? What is your, I mean, I'm sure your goal is a state championship. Do you have a time set in mind? What, what was that face you just made when I said <laughs> state championship? You kind of, you kind of looked up and went, ah. I mean, definitely all state is a goal. Okay. I don't know about state championship. Um, that'd be awesome. But um, I'd say shoot for the stars. <laughs> yeah. Or shoot for the moon or whatever the phrase is. I can't remember what it it's is. It's the stars. Is it the stars? <laughs> no, no, okay. it's not. It's right. Shoot, shoot for the moon. And if you miss, land, among, you'll land among the stars. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's okay. it. You had a combination of two. All right, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. That's no. just the way that my mind continues <laughs> yeah. to work sometimes. So back to state. You want to be all state, but state championship would be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. I'm just like realistically if you look at times probably not gonna happen but I don't know running is a cool sport because anything can happen but yeah I'm super excited I'm also a little sad because it's the last track meet of high school for me so what would you have to what do you think you would have to run to I don't know crack top three top Um, two top one for the 3200 Probably I would have to run like a ten oh four. Okay. <laughs> which is way Wh- faster than my PR. Yeah, which would be well, almost fifty seconds faster than what you qualified for. Yeah. Okay. What is your PR in that event? Uh, ten thirty six. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. You'd really have to give it'd, it your I'd all. I'd really have to. Just. Non-stop. It would have to be a good day. Uh, yeah, it'd have to be it. a really good day. It would be a good day. A lot of wind behind <laughs> you would be helpful. Yeah. But like you said, anything can happen. Anything and can all, happen. all it takes is an off day from somebody else, That's to be true. honest with you. Because yeah. running's a sport where you have to be at the top of your game all the time, yeah. the entire time, if you want to be able to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. So if somebody has an off day, it gives anybody a chance. In the 16, what are you hoping for there? I haven't really thought about the 16 too much. I love the two months. Like, I love both events. I definitely want to break five because I haven't done that this year. Okay. So I'm, I'm hoping to do that at the state meet. How have you seen your times uh, progress or change from your freshman year to now your senior year? Have they remained pretty steady? Yeah, they've remained pretty um, constant. Definitely, I've, I've gotten faster since my freshman year. But not like drastically. Like there, there's some girls um, who run like a 12 minute two mile their freshman year, and then now coming into their like junior or senior year, they're running like 10:20s or like like 10 10:04, like really low times, which is crazy. But yeah, for the most part, my times have stayed pretty um, consistent. I've started running again, and it's uh, it, it's very unfortunate because I used to be in uh, pretty good shape and would go and I'd run at least seven miles a day, and there were times when I'd run 11 miles a day. And I could run the entire time, and now as I've aged and enjoyed eating a lot of mini chocolate donuts, uh, it's it's like I get winded after running 100 yards. So how do you stay conditioned? What's your diet like? Uh, probably in high school, you're allowed to eat whatever you want, I think, and you don't have to worry about that. But once you get in your 30s, even if you eat a salad with ranch dressing on it, you're putting on weight, which is <laughs> quite unfortunate. Um, I am actually vegan. 
but I've been vegan since like sixth grade. So I guess I'm, I eat a pretty healthy diet um, for the most part. But I mean, you can you can still eat junk food when you're vegan, I guess. So why'd you go vegan? Cause I I did it because one for the animals, which I mean I don't know, and then. Another reason was just for health, and I tried it out, and I was vegetarian before that, and then my mom um, does a lot of research on, like, things to eat, like, for running and just just in general, I guess, and um, so she would, like, tell me all the research that she found out, and there are just some things that I was, that just, like, stuck with me, like, how cheese is made. And I never really liked drinking milk anyway. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to try going vegan. Like, I'll see how that goes for me. And I loved it. And I loved how it made me feel, so. Did you ever watch Food, Inc., the movie, the documentary? Yeah, I've yeah. seen that. See, I, my, I, or I wasn't going to read that or the book because I know that I wouldn't be able to eat the yeah. things that I like to eat after oh, I've, watching I've that. seen them, and they, they hurt. <laughs> I have my thoughts, but sometimes I just can't deny bacon in the morning. <laughs> It, it's and it's yeah. not even just I wouldn't even just give the bacon excuse like I'm not even a big hamburger guy or even like chicken breast or anything like that but man like some chicken wings or you know even uh, there, there's just a couple things I can't get by so yeah. you've done it since sixth grade mm-hmm. do you miss anything still or are you really set in your ways and it's just kind of second nature now I mean that's got to be the case right yeah I I don't even I don't even know what meat tastes like anymore so I, I can't really miss it, and I don't really remember, like, cheese. I don't know. When I first started going vegan, though, the one thing that I missed was pizza. Like, that was the hardest thing. Yeah. And, like, everything else wasn't that's really a big of, that's deal. One of the yeah. That was the first thing that I thought about. I'm like, vegan. Mm-hmm. I got pizza for lunch yeah. today, With so. How hardcore vegan are you? So what are you eating? Um, like, do you not eat anything that casts a shadow? Is that <laughs> where you're at? Like, level five vegan? Like, no, nothing that comes from an animal. Okay. So. All right, yeah. so it's, what, nuts, vegetables? Nuts don't come from an animal. Well, yeah, what he's saying that's that. what you eat. Oh, you, oh, yeah. eat. No, oh, you eat. No, berry, you eat berries, I thought nuts, you meant what yeah, I don't eat. <laughs> I was going to say. No. She but, thinks I'm stupid. <laughs> well, let's, let's get back to track. I do have a question for you. I do have a question okay. for you. So, um, I know you said that you think stretching for a state title is a bit of a you know a bit of a stretch for you but you know when you started running in high school did you think you were going to be a four-time state qualifier you know you said your times have stayed kind of constant but that means you came in as a freshman as near all state so did you expect to be where you are now um not really i i didn't really know i don't know like i've always loved running and so i knew that was something that i'd want to continue to do and i also love competing so, I guess I just like I wanted to keep doing it, but I didn't really know how everything was gonna um, pan out for me. Do you prefer cross country or track? Yes, cross country, hundred percent. Okay. I kind of yeah. thought so because that is. Uh, are you going to Northwestern for to compete in, in just cross country or track as well? Um, both. They technically don't have like an official track team though, because I. I can't remember the reason why. I think it's, like, too much funding and or not enough funding in other sports or something. But 
they they still have a track team where they go and compete in events, and they can still compete at the NCAAs, but they just can't compete at the Big Tens for track. Okay. And then they obviously have um, an official cross-country team. So, so, yeah, I'm going for both. What is it about cross-country that you prefer to track? I like longer distances, so that's one thing. And then I also like how it's not just going around in circles. Yeah, you actually get yeah. to kind of like weed through, go yeah. check some stuff out. Yeah, a little bit run through some nature, which is always yeah. nice. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got to ask this question, and we did a little pre-interview, and you said you were all that happy that I was going to ask it anyway. But we've had Margo in here <laughs> twice, and... Uh, the group that you are part of is called the Biddies, and I brought it up with her the last time, and she wasn't happy about it, and she told me to edit it out, and I, w- I told her I would, and then I didn't. Um, so what, first of all, the name came from your mom's, is that right? Or, and what's it like walking, are you, I mean, are you guys like the mean girls in school no. where you're just walking down the hallway and everyone's like, get out of the way, the Biddies are coming? <laughs> no. I hope not. I really hope not. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think so. I think that Margo came up with it. Like, I'm pretty sure. Like, Did she, she really? I'm pretty sure. It's, she's it started been as a joke. It. it started as a joke, and then it just stuck. And I, I yeah, I'm pretty sure Margo came up with it. I don't think it was our mom's. Well, she's a liar. Then. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not a liar, but she lied about this or at least uh, omitted the truth a little bit. Um, going to Northwestern, that's a very prestigious school. Yeah, I, want, I, want, I wasn't here around for the... What are you going to Northwestern for, academic-wise? Do you have plans, or...? Um, I'm thinking education. Okay. I know I want to work with kids, so education is... Like the first thing that came to mind, but I also really love psych, like psychology. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know, but that's, you could be a school psychologist. That's combine true. the both of them. Yeah. Would you be a coach uh, as well? Do you think that if you get to, you know, whether it's elementary or middle school or, or high school, would you want to be a a running coach? I don't know. I. I don't. I don't know. Like what, what type of work do you? What, would, would yeah? Would you like to help? Like you said, you like to teach kids, or do you like mm-hmm. to help kids out of you know bad situations or stuff like that? I mean, there, there's plenty that you could do. I'm, I'm yeah. Just, I, yeah. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, the future is, is wide open and bright. Uh, how excited are you to be going to Northwestern? When do you leave? I'm so excited. I I don't have to be there until August fifteenth, but yeah, I'm really excited. I love. The team and the campus is beautiful, and the coaches are awesome too. So. Evanston is really nice. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of life there, and you're not too far from Chicago. Chicago yeah. So it's uh, there are a lot of benefits to going to Northwestern. Not only having that diploma after the four <laughs> years that says Northwestern, which is which is really nice. Uh, like I told you, I applied several times, and they always said no, uh, which, which was fine. <laughs> Northwestern. It's actually. not like I'm bitter about it or anything <laughs> like that. They have been coming at me asking me to come back to go to grad school, but I think that's just because they want my money and it has nothing to do with how I've performed either Probably academically not. yeah <laughs> no. so. you know, you're from the area you've applied a few times you're on a list That's yes definitely. I'm on a list where they're like maybe we can get a lot of money fill, yeah fill out these spots that we couldn't you know get applicants for or whatever but if I keep adding to my student loans I I'm paying those off until I die and probably passing along the debt to my kids. You have a scholarship to go to Northwestern, full ride or partial? Not full ride, yeah, it's partial. Okay. That's better than anything that I have, so <laughs> trust me, 
You're lucky. You're a lucky one. <laughs> Especially in Northwestern, because like you said, it's a very, very nice school. They just put up, I believe, I don't know if they put it up or if they just approved for the grant, but they put up a couple hundred million dollar practice facility right on the water in Evanston. Yeah, I think they just finished so that's it. That's what they just finished yeah. it, so I'm sure mm-hmm. that's going to be a really cool thing that as an athlete out there, you'll get to experience full-fledged. Yeah. So you're excited about stuff like that? Any other type of perks at Northwestern you're really excited about? I do know that they go to California a lot during track season to go compete, which is awesome because... Um, it's California. Yeah, it's California, yeah. and it'll be winter in the Midwest. So. And Chicago is not a pleasant destination yeah. for wintertime, especially in Evanston, right on the water. Yeah. How would you wrap up your, or how would you kind of, uh, in words, wrap up your high school career? Because, as you said, it's going to be a little bit sad, slightly mm-hmm. bittersweet when it comes to an end. Uh, on on Saturday, and whether that's, uh, I would say, the career that encompasses both cross-country and track. I, I don't even know. To wrap it up, like... Like, what's your legacy? Margot said that she wanted to leave the legacy of being a badass. <laughs> that when young girls looked up to her... Did. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, that we, I may be putting words into her mouth, but it was something along <laughs> but, those yeah. lines. Uh, is there a legacy that you want to leave? One of, you know, just strength, determination, as I put words into your mouth? Yeah, I guess, I guess determination um, and dedication, like working hard and never giving up because that's one thing about running that's so hard because it's such a mental sport. And, like, when you're in a race... And if someone passes you, it's so hard not to give up and not to just be like, okay, I'm done. Like, they're going to beat me. I'm, like, I'm just not going to do well in this race. Like, it's okay. I'll do it the next race. But it's so important to to not do that and to be mentally strong and be like, no, I can stay with this person and I can win it or I can beat this person. It's way easier to run when you're having a bad race if you think about your team and you're like I'm doing this for my team doing this for more than myself because then you can kind of like take your struggle out of it and just be like I'm doing it for the team which is in cross country it's really helpful especially when they're like really hilly courses but and and then in track like there are relays and stuff it's always easier I think to run in a relay because because the focus is so much on the team and not yourself. I don't know. Do you remember your best race and your most difficult race? I'll ask those two questions. One of the best races was last year at regionals um, in the 3200. And I remember, I remember it because it felt so easy. But, like, I, th- I think that was my PR at the time. Yeah. And it felt so easy, and, like, each lap just went by so quick, and, like, the whole race just went by really fast, um, and it just felt really good, like, yeah, I think that's You just the knew it the whole race. time. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, well, like how am I, I going this so good? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm not stopping, huh? Yeah. Now, I have one question. I, I was at the Bayshore Marathon this past mm-hmm. weekend, and I, I could not stop thinking. I'm not, he's saying he used to run 7 or 11 miles a day. There has not been a single day <laughs> in my life where I've ran, I think... The most I ever did when I was at football camp was five miles, and that wasn't all at once. That was like a mile in the morning, a mile at night, and running the rest during the day. I've never ran five or seven miles. So my, my question is, is, honestly, what goes through your head when you hit 
that second mile, even after the 1600, you get on, like I said, you get on that, you know, like eighth or ninth lap, and then you're just got to break through that wall. Are you just sitting there like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna step up on this girl, I'm gonna beat her, or is it like, oh man, I'm dying right now? <laughs> kind of a mix. Yeah. I mean, and it also depends on how I'm feeling at like the race i think about weird things when i run though like i do math in my head i'll conjugate french verbs like it's so (laughs) weird i don't know or i have like a song stuck in my head so sometimes i'm not even thinking about the race which probably isn't good (laughs) but but, yeah at least you're conjugating (laughs) french words (laughs) at least you're learning no but that's the way that i think about it's like i'm i'm a pretty I, i i have a pretty short attention span so running for even 10 minutes straight and just I'd be either sitting there thinking I'm going to fall on my face and collapse or be singing Justin Bieber or something in my head because it's stuck and I'm just like until I get Justin Bieber because that's the only stuff that's the stuff that gets stuck in your head it's not the good songs Ciel do you ever run for pleasure or is it always for training purposes no it's I definitely run for fun all the time so what's going through your head then? Are you still conjugating French words and doing math then? Or I, I found that when I used to go running and I was able to go for a long time, that it was an incredible way to clear my head. Like yes. if I was having a bad day, I went, I'm taking the dogs and we're going for a run. Yeah, for sure. I, I normally only conjugate French verbs in races. But, <laughs> but like just for normal, um, just everyday runs, I guess. Yeah, I take that time to, like, think about my day or, like, plan. Um, I'll, like, plan my night or the next day or, like, the week or something. And, like, yeah, think about problems, which is, it's really nice to have that. Yeah. Jake, you want to get in the wheelhouse? Yeah, we can go ahead and do that. Um, So I got a few questions, whatever whatever comes to mind. Uh, I'll start out, we'll get back to the track stuff. I know you only run, but if there was, if you were forced to do one field event for your team, what would it be, and why, I guess? Um, pole vaulting. I was going to guess that. Vaulting. I honestly was like, she's a pole, or she would be. I think it would be so fun, yeah. Have you, have you ever tried it at practice or anything? You're no. just like, I, I don't want to break an arm or break my leg before I have to go run my couple miles. No, it looks fun, but it also looks terrifying. Yeah, it looks... Because you're like, that's pretty scary. dangerous, and if I do anything wrong, thank God for the mats. Yeah. Well, and then, okay, so, like I said, I was just at the Bayshore Marathon, so it had me thinking. Um, I, I know you said you run cross-country, but there isn't any marathon distance in high school cross-country. Would you run a marathon? Have you ever ran a marathon? Um, is that something that's a goal of yours for distance running? or? I've only run a half marathon, but I really want to run a marathon. I, the only reason, like, I haven't yet is because, well, first of all, like, I wouldn't be able to fit the training in, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, just the risk of injury is, is too much for, like, being in high school, Having I guess. Having a competitive yeah, and being aspect of it. Yeah. So... I definitely want to do it eventually, but I don't know when. Obviously, you said you like to run in your spare time, but what's another favorite summertime activity up here in northern Michigan? Um, I like to swim. I like to surf, which is a little hard to do here, mm-hmm. um, but there's sometimes good waves in Frankfurt and Leland. Did you like learn um, maybe surf? in California when you in go out there? I was going to say, did yeah. you like go out to California and learn how to surf or somebody teach you out here? Or? My dad, um, he grew up in Maryland, and so... Like, they, they would go down to Ocean City all the time, and he learned how to surf, and then he taught me. And so every time we go on spring break, 
he'll like rent a surfboard for me and him and then like we'll go out and um go surfing that's pretty awesome yeah Listen, I've, I've tried to get up on a surfboard once or twice, and that is that is not an easy task. <laughs> not an easy task. I've even tried the what are the skimboarding. Skimboarding. That's, different. Different. No, that's how you, oh, that's man. how you yeah. eat sand. Yeah. Skimboarding and surfing are whole different. You're no, 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 no. I know that, but I've never I've never tried to surf, but I've tried that, and uh, yeah, it didn't it, it didn't go well. For that's me. like YouTube gold waiting to happen every time I see somebody with one of those. But alrighty, so uh, favorite dance move of 2018. Favorite dance move. Yes. I don't know what it's called. I'll see if I can describe it. Okay. okay. So it's like, it's like you, I don't know if you guys would know what it's called. No, but I'm you, too old. You like start with your arms up and then, and then you like move them from side to side and like you're moving your legs too. It's like a shimmy or something? No. I don't, I don't know. I like to dance, but I don't know the name of any of these. I just figured I don't. Might. I don't know. I can't remember what it's called. What do you call it? I don't. I don't I call don't it. call it? No. <laughs> Now we have a new dance move called the yeah. I don't. The arms I don't up, side to side, and your legs move. Yeah, no, arms up, side to side, on the way down your legs move. I almost feel like that's what a lot of dancing is, is arms and legs moving. But if this is a move that you're into, that's totally fine. Let's... Yeah, we're going to copyright the I don't. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so if you could only have one social media account out of all of them, what would you have? Why? Snapchat. Snapchat? <laughs> yeah. Most fun? I ever. use it the most, I think. Yeah. Best way to keep in contact with your friends, and that's yeah. so... And exactly. And I mean, there's that yeah. awful feature on it where you know where your friends are. Mm, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I find it awful. I, find I don't it want my friends I mean, to know where I'm at. I mean, you can turn it off. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, there's been times where I've had people flying from, like, the East Coast out West, and I haven't talked to them, and I'm there, at the shows I'm on, they're playing on the way home, and I'm like, well, thanks for telling me you're coming home. Now I'm all upset. <laughs> Final question. <laughs> what did you enjoy more, this podcast or Sports Corner, Jimmy John Sports Corner on 7 and 4? Oh, come on. Uh, I, f- I feel like I might cause some. It's okay. If you like, you said Harrison's a good friend of mine. Yeah, Harrison's so. a good friend, and that's that's fine. I just need to one-up him here, and... Oh, if you say 7-4, you're going to break my heart. I mean, if I'm being honest, the well, Because you were on... All right. If we're being honest. But, okay. But you were on TV, and more people saw you than are probably going to listen to you on here. But... But we get to have a little more fun and personality. Yeah. You know, hands up, shimmy side to side. Yeah, I don't think we're going to do that on TV. I mean, I could. (laughs) You could. (laughs) Well, CL, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate taking the time. Good luck Saturday. Thank you. Thanks for having me. big thank you to Traverse City Central CL Carney uh, for joining the Get Around. Uh, we made sure to get her autograph on our big board uh, as you know she's destined for big things Northwestern and possibly beyond. We'll jump right into the Get Around Hall of Fame and all three of us have a nominee and we're going to stick with that honor roll theme. We've talked about all these uh, student athletes already. And James, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Eric Labonte from Tra- Traverse City West. He's in the honor roll uh, meet record list four times now, which is, I think that's got to be more than anybody else currently. Two last year, two more this year, and like you said, it wasn't even close in the 100. Jake? 
I'm going to go with uh, Cassidy Henshaw. Uh, he won all three of the events, like you said, that he was in at the honorable meet. He also qualified for states in all of those events, and he's one of the only athlete, one of the only track runners and field people in the area to qualify for three state events this year. So I'm going to take Henshaw. This might be one of the most tightly contested Get Around Hall of Fame uh, nominations or ballots that we've had in a while. I'm going to put up Brittany Bowman from Kingsley. Uh, as I said, she won all four of her events at the honor roll on Tuesday. And I'm really torn about who to vote here for because there is, there is no wrong answer. Yeah, and, and they're, honestly, they're all right answers. And every, any one of us could have picked any one of these athletes and been completely happy if, we, if, if everybody would have picked ours. Like, that's that's completely founded in in what they did this week so i guess we'll just go straight to the vote jake who are you gonna vote for can i vote for all three i, I would too just make it a little honor roll here's the honor roll for the the hall of fame but that that's way too many uh entries at, at one time isn't it i mean I, i'm willing to make an exception personally we're, we're the we're the bosses here yeah so i'm willing can, i'm personally willing make to make an exception we got record breakers we got three yeah. four event winners and they henshaw sent a personal record bowman set a personal record both by several inches on you know the high jump and the long jump respectively so I, I'm, I'm okay with having all three uh, enter the hall of fame this week i i, I say we go all three yeah. all right it's i don't know how it's you can choose any one of these over the, any of the others i mean they're all all three of them are just outstanding performances in an all-star event right, as well. Right. All right, it's unanimous. Uh, Ms. Bowman, Mr. Labonte, Mr. Henshaw, you are the latest entries into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Before we jump into the trifecta, we do have one small update to give, and that involves our Beach Bum Tickets giveaway from last week. This, again, is based off of retweets, shares of the podcast. So going forward, uh, we certainly appreciate those. And we have another set of four Beach Bums tickets that we will give away next week in our Prep Softball Draft podcast. Uh, but, but the last week's tickets go to Traverse City Central basketball coach Travis Shuba. So congratulations, Travis. I'm sure we'll be able to find you somewhere and uh, deliver those tickets. You go out and have a nice time at Warfel Park. I think we'll run into him at some point, yeah. So this this takes this trifecta. You know, it's not our typical movies or television uh, category, uh, but I wanted to take it back a little bit to that Bayshore Marathon example, and just a bit of a question. It, I mean, your answer can obviously be whatever you want it to be, as as grand as required. Mine's gonna be really but short. What what would it take? Are you saying there's nothing? <laughs> What would it take for you to run 100-plus miles in 24 hours? Everything can be bought, Mr. Cook. Yeah, but, there the, but there's be... the caveat that you have to be able to finish 100 miles in 24 hours. I don't think I could finish 100 miles in 24 hours, so I'm going to say nothing could make me do that. Okay, I'm pretty sure that none of the three of us could actually do that right now, but let's assume that we decided to put in the training required to run 100 miles in 24 hours or at least enough training that we, could, that we could run 100 miles and not die. And if it took 29 or 75. However long or, it took, would you run 100 miles in a row? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you could stop at McDonald's and grab a cheeseburger mid-route. Mid I mean, if, that, you know, if that's how you want to go about that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. 
uh, for running 100 plus miles. But if that were the option, you know what what would that what would that grand prize need? To, I mean, you're not competing against anybody. All you have to do is finish. You don't have to win. You just have to finish. What would it take for you to run 100 plus miles? Somebody's gonna have to like pay my mortgage. Like the whole thing, just pay <laughs> off my house, and promise to pay any resulting hospital bill. <laughs> That's probably a good one to keep you're in right. there because you're your right. hospital bill might be as big as your mortgage yeah. by the yeah. time you're finished. With a hundred miles, yeah, triple bypass. Hundred miles get, on these knees? Ugh. Yeah, I would say you'd have to get two replaced, but your shoulders won't work after running. You gotta get months. all your internal organs replaced. But uh, if this is now directed at me. I would say, me, me and you talked about this so much when we were sitting at the Bayshore, and there's there's only one of the few things that would even get me to run 26 miles, let alone 100. An immense amount of money, which still, I don't know if it would quite be worth it. Depending on the sum, you know, six figures or more, I would definitely run 100 miles. Um, I'd probably collapse and die in the middle, like you said, but... If it wasn't for money, if we were talking about for pure accomplishment or something like that, I would. I think I would do it for a sort of cause, or if I just had an immense amount of peer pressure. Where don't forget, don't forget it's twenty six point two. Yeah, the last I, point two is important because I think it's the last point two where your nipples bleed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have seen that at the base shore. We yes, saw that on Saturday. Yes, we did. No, it was full on. It was a full on uh, stream. But <laughs> I don't think there's about anything. I mean. You, you guys have heard on this podcast, you guys know since I even got to Traverse City, that I am not a very physically active person um, outside of, you know, adventure sports. Um, running is not my thing. End of story. Just it's never going to happen. I don't think you could pay me enough to run 100 miles. That's the way I'll put it. I'm pretty active, but not in a running sense. So uh, this is still really hard for me. I, I pretty much... Don't ever think about running because that's how much I don't want to do it. <laughs> um, you should go with the pay my house because you just bought a house. It'd be even true. more. Yeah. Well, and see, that's what I was thinking about. Like, I liked how you knew exactly what the money was for. Jake just wants a big stack that he can swim in. Like, well, I would just like, pay off my student loans and be happy. Yeah, but that, like, it would work. That that's would work. all I'd need. But, like, I would need a little more incentive than just to get myself out of debt. I would need a little, like, extra on top. I, I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of trying to come up with a number. Like I, I wanted to come up with something that wasn't money, but for something like this, I feel like that, you know, as far as a realistic prize that someone can give you, that that's kind of Just what it is. Put an In-N-Out burger at 100 miles away from so, you. So run. So I'm, I'm. So I'm thinking for a nice round number. You said six figures. I've got to be a little more specific and a little higher. I think I'd need a half a mil. Okay. I think I need a half a mil. Yeah, six figures is enough to pay off my student loans and give me a little bit of play money. So I think a hundred thousand. That'd be enough be to okay. pay off the house. Yeah. Still give me a good amount of wiggle room. Wiggle room. You know, probably take a little bit of a vacation. Put, Back to Ireland again. Put yeah. Put some. Put some in savings. Start generating a nice a nice interest rate. Uh, something like that. Yeah, but. I don't think anybody's offering us a half million dollars to run 100 miles at any time. But we've put it out there now. So if somebody with a lot of money yeah. wants to see a few idiots. Yeah, a few, <laughs> few out-of-shape out sports reporters try to do sports, <laughs> please come at us. It would probably be funny slash sad. I mean, so there is that motivation. James, you, this, could do the 100, you could do the 100 miles as 100 beer miles. 
Uh, a, a, a beer each mile? Yes. Oh, my God. That would, that would be, be a Guinness World <laughs> Record, I bet. <laughs> oh, it would have to be. They would be rich be, and famous. But you would yeah. probably run They would include a beer. lot of littering. <laughs> if, if, if people know what I mean. They <laughs> can't pay the littering fines, too. Yeah. The excretion. Well, a half a mil at the end would probably cover your littering fines. <laughs> That's if you make it to the end before they pick you up for UIP. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, we'll that's, stop this that's podcast. Gonna, that's going to end this extremely long podcast. I apologize. I am a rookie. I recognize I've already missed a few things. I haven't referred to all of you as our wonderful Audible viewers, and I haven't mentioned 7 and 4's Harrison BB either. He already got a shout-out in the interview. Oh, in the interview. Okay. Well, I wasn't there for the interview, so this counts. Brendan's doesn't count. He's been fired. (laughs) Sacked. Yes, he's been sacked. And, um... You know, again, we want to thank C.L. Carney for joining the Get Around podcast. Uh, Thank you to James Cook, Jake Atnip. Uh, Please let us know what it would take for you to run 100-plus miles uh, consecutively. Let us know on Facebook.com slash TCRE Sports, Twitter at TCRE Sports. You can find us individually at BA Sports Writer, at James Cook 14, and at Jake Atnip. If you really want to talk to Brendan, which I don't know why you would. He's not very fun. He's at Brendan Queeley. And, uh, yes, thanks, and I've enjoyed hosting this wonderful podcast.